So everything we discuss in this episode is contained in the leaked document, the work of the Labour Party's Governance and Legal Unit in Relation to Anti-Semitism 2014-2019. We've not really got any exciting scoops here, pretty much everything has already been covered in mainstream media outlets, on other podcasts, and extensively a lot of this has been shared on social media. But everything we discuss in this is not gleaned from our own research. It's the Labour Party's account of these events that we're discussing. And of course, we've protected the identity of anybody who complained to the Labour Party and some of the people who were targeted in the abusive conversations shown in this document, with the exception of those who are prominent public figures, such as major politicians. And I think it's worth saying that whilst people have objected to the manner in which the aforementioned conversations entered into the public domain, nobody, as far as I'm aware, has disputed that the conversations took place and that the quotes contained within the Labour Party document are verbatim. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who well, We know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. Hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left wing position, hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 So should we talk about, you know, like, gunpowder treason and plot, murder yeah. most foul... There's uh, a lot of it about, or a lot of plotting about it about, anyway. Yeah, plotting and conniving, as a great man once said. In fact... Disgraceful shithousing, as a slightly less great man being me just said. <laughs> there is a document which shows certain people basically saying that they hope a close friend of mine rots in hell. And these were yeah. people with institutional power over that friend of mine. Who have since been granted institutional status in some cases with titles, you know, and, and, and honours. Yeah. They said about a friend of both of us, what did they say? We're not going to say who it is, so just don't, don't even ask listeners at home. Yeah. Um, Geraint has done a big thread and we'll get into, we'll get, we'll do a proper introduction once we've done these quotes, which are a big reason why I feel like personally aggrieved by yeah. this. Basically, they got angry at something the person tweeted criticising, I presume, them. Um, <laughs> outrageous. That's funny. He's got mental health issues. Still outrageous. <laughs> and P.S. I hope, name redacted, dies in a fire. And then someone's replied, that's a very bad wish, Sarah. But if he does, I wouldn't piss on him to put him out. Uh, And Sarah's then replied to that with, wish there was a petrol can emoji. 
Oh um, my god, I didn't see I didn't know about the petrol can emoji message. Yep. Yeah, that... they've gone back to him a couple of months later and just called him a dick and said they couldn't find a suitable emoji for him. Oh well there's loads a pattern of him being an enemy of the group chat. There's loads of, of that just like pissy bitchy like chat in there, isn't there? Like like there's that bit where it's one proper... where one of them's like yeah. I told Seamus Milne to cock off. <laughs> who says cock off these people just haven't grown up at any stage from the fucking student <laughs> politics racking you know yeah. it's not just that they've carried on the same tactics and techniques and mindset politically yeah. into their senior roles within the Labour Party it's that they still just come across like bitchy adolescents trying to keep everyone else out of their club yeah you know? exactly so who the are no trots club instead of a no homers club <laughs> so who are these people the Oh, motherfuckers so and and what is this the, document um, what is what are we back- talking about today right okay so there was a document produced by the labor party by uh, the leader's office or people close to it correction i think the report was commissioned by jenny formby the plan was to be submitting it to the investigation going on with the ehrc so they, they were meant to be submitting it to that and it was explaining at various stages during corbyn's leadership so 2015 to 19 the culture in Labour head office, the various staffing changes and structure changes and different approaches they've taken to tackling anti-Semitism and other issues. It's talking about where they've got it right, where they've got it wrong and these sort of things at various stages and it's painting a picture particularly in the foot you know up, up until early 2018 wasn't it when there was a change of general secretary. Yeah it was it's, I think precisely it, yeah, two February years ago. April I think. Okay, yeah. It's portraying that in that earlier stage of the Corbyn era, before Ian McNichol was out as General Secretary. So, like, the vast majority of the Corbyn era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, varying levels, often very high levels, of inaction from staff towards quite serious claims. And the culture seemed to be that they were focusing so much of their energy on hunting the trots, by which they mean anyone remotely left-wing. Their quote is anyone to the left of Gordon Brown. Yeah, yeah, and that, that <laughs> seem, they seem to be fairly honest on that one for once. That, that's, that's for real. The they you, hate Andy that's Burnham. That's one of the things you read in the document and you're like, they hate Owen yeah, Smith. They mean that's accurate. <laughs> they hate Sadiq Khan. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know better than anyone. If you go back to the Luke Akers blogs from a few years ago, the right of the party did not always like Sadiq Khan so much. They thought he was very soft on Islamism. And God knows we can talk about Islamophobia in this as well. But yeah, yeah. they hate all the kind of like standard bearers of recent years for the centre of the party, be it Burnham or Khan or even Owen Smith, who they quite rightly say, Owen is pathetic. He thinks he could actually be prime minister, but he's shit. (laughs) What's that guy that used to work in head office, I think slightly before this period? Old cunt, massively bitter on Twitter. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. That could be so many. He used to put, like, tea in... He was involved with the Red Raw when that started up. I can't remember the fucking guy's name. Adrian McMenamin or something? No, no, no. I think think he's the main guy on the Red Raw, but it's, it's someone else. A bit older. Ian McKenzie? No, no. Um, hello, fucking. We'll come back. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. We're we'll, we'll, the worst bastards of all. We'll get right? back to that um, guy. Yeah. It seems like there's a bunch of people much younger than this guy who've taken on his exact attitude. Who just they they just get off on the the life's work is 
fucking the left and a really broad definition of the left. Yeah. Right? It's people like Emily Oldno, who was very senior in the party involved and who Kevin Schofield infamously claimed was like the beating heart and soul of the party. <laughs> there was worries that Labour Party might not even exist soon now she was going. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. His source you know, who um, had their hand up his ass at that point, ventriloquizing him, that was what they said. Let's not assume that Kev, the impartial journalist, has opinions of his own. But no, you're right, yeah, he did famously tweet that she was the beating heart and soul, the Bobson Dugner of the Labour Party. And yes. she is widely tipped from all and sundry to take over from Jenny Formby, who Keir Starmer obviously has been planning to just sack. Not because she's done anything wrong, but just because there's been a personalised yeah. hate campaign against her from the right. And when the right mm. tell you that somebody's bad, you've got to just fuck them over just to appease these fucking jackals. But yeah, so he was thinking about replacing, apparently, Jenny Formby mm-hmm. with... Emily Alan Olive. Alan Olive, that's the cunt. Oh, God, he wasn't going to replace Jenny Formby, was No, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no that guy. Me. Oh, really? Blocked... Well, yeah, um, yeah, come on. Obviously, he's blocked you. But, like, yeah, that guy is a shit house. Yeah, they're all like him, basically. I mean, surely now, in terms of Emily Oldner being a future general secretary, that can't now happen. No, because she is just like, there's some real, like, playground stuff from her in these WhatsApp exchanges. I mean, like, I know we do a kind of verbal shit post podcast, but we're not senior bureaucrats, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of in the people. In a professional involved, conversation. A lot of the people involved are fairly young. She's been around a while in terms of the Labour Party machinery and, and as an activist and so on, and it's kind of staggering to see someone like that be so fucking juvenile and it like literally is playground stuff you know saying <laughs> that people smell bad you know oh my and, god and, that's awful yeah was it her who called someone pubehead pubehead yeah pubehead and was calling someone fat as well someone different and, oh and yeah like, it's gross stuff i saw somebody say one of the apologists for this wing of the party basically say that oh you know it doesn't matter because all these people are gone now anyway it doesn't matter that they're like invariably in the house of lords or whatever but they were like these people are all gone now anyway they're just blairite dead enders they're yesterday's people and yeah that you don't need to worry about them i'm like hang on well not only was one of them widely tipped to be the next general secretary Secretary. but her husband is in the shadow cabinet and also (laughs) was under jeremy corbyn what's that senior you know he's important has he been promoted what's ashworth's job now has he not kept the same position oh maybe he has i don't know let's see shadow cabinet yeah he's shadow secretary of state for health and social care well i 2016 i kept him in that role yeah well he was well liked there we go durham university there we go (laughs) well that explains why he had a close Tory friend who he but like <laughs> mouthed off to during the election about how fucking shit Labour was and of course uh, what did the Tory friend do? They recorded the conversation and leaked it to the media <laughs> as you do like yeah. I mean come on so yeah between the stuff that John Ashworth was quoted as saying when his Tory mate fucking grassed him up to the media and the stuff that Emily Old now is quoted saying about the left and the Labour Party in these exchanges. Mm-hmm. Fuck knows what the two of them say to each other. You know, yeah. when the <laughs> when yeah. when the curtains are closed about the left and the Labour Party. He's not going to be going through her WhatsApp messages, but if she's come home from a long week of absolutely rat-fucking the left, it's going to come up in conversation, you know? Mm. Given the bulk 
senior Labour Party people in different ways. And even apart from that, and apart from who's married to who, you know, yeah. a lot of the people who have left Labour head office, that have left the Labour Party machinery, have just gone on to incredibly senior, alarmingly senior jobs in, in various unions and this sort of thing. Oh yeah, that's true. Or um, what's like Music UK, a lobbying group? Music UK is basically... New centrist party, bu- bullying, isn't it? Bullying, bullying, bullying all, your, all your takeaway restaurants <laughs> into paying their PBS dues, basically. <laughs> you're, you're essentially the spokesman for that. You've got to be like, oh, we're doing great stuff, supporting live music. Actually, no, you're, you're bullying shopkeepers into making them pay exorbitant fees to have the radio on to stop their minimum wage employees dying of boredom. That definitely ties in with the Tom Watson cronyism. The fact that the the Watson clique is shown to have such an undue influence in these discussions. Palling around with noted Labour man Rod Little. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about the Rod Little thing. So Rod Little is or was very recently, I knew he had been at some point, but I didn't realise it was quite so recent and and possibly still current, a Labour member. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rod okay. Little, one of the more performatively racist of the Spectator crew, essentially, and the the hard right in the UK. He doesn't tend to go for like your deep. Oh, these studies of legitimised phrenology, like a lot of them do. <laughs> he just goes in for like racist jokes. I feel. Um, yeah, he's casually racist. Yeah. He's just a spiteful yeah. little bigoted That's cunt. That's the thing. Is I say the unsayable, and obviously a lot of the the old telegraph cunts who read it are like ah ha 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 he's saying the things we say in the pub but he's saying them in print yeah but there was particularly with rod little there was an incident quite a few years ago he kept getting tipped as being like the editor of things like the independent (laughs) and i think at one point maybe the today show or something on on radio well you know lebdev is a very Um, forward-thinking oligarch it might have been before he took over i can't remember the exact that's why he employed simon hedges for so long but he kept getting linked with these giant jobs and then there'd always be an outcry, look, here's all the obscene racist things he said <laughs> and, and it wouldn't happen. But it turned out in one of these occasions, like he's a Millwall fan, okay? Millwall, a club traditionally associated with having a slightly higher percentage than a lot of other clubs of sort of hooligans and racists oh. fans. I don't know how true that holds up today in, in, in 2020, but it certainly was was very true in, in like the, the 80s and 90s. But he's a Millwall fan and he was registered on like a Millwall fan forum under an anonymous name. Oh, yeah. And this account had tweeted some absolutely disgusting stuff. There was a lot of anti-black jokes about essentially savages with spears and this sort of thing like really really grim stuff and the one as well that got led with the headlines was in 2010 early 2010 so looking at the guardian reporting at the time the one they picked up on and that little had to do a groveling semi-apology in the jewish chronicle about was uh, he'd i'm not going to read the whole thing but he'd made some hilarious jokes about how you weren't allowed to smoke in auschwitz and it's a disgrace and and various grim gas chamber riffs off that pretty clear anti-semitism whether he meant it as a joke or he's genuinely motivated by bigotry he posted on that forum basically under the username monkey mfc and as well as the anti-semitic stuff there was derogatory comments about somalis insulting i believe misogynistic references to an itv newsreader all sorts of racism stuff his official comment when asked for the guardian was 
All of these things are twisted out of context to make me look like a cunt. <laughs> I may be a cunt, but I'm not a racist cunt. There's decades. Yes, uh, even, he at is. That, even at that point, there was at least a decade of evidence that he was a racist cunt. <laughs> and, and obviously, a decade on now, you know, he's, he's not far off. See, at, at that point, I think the the media landscape was such that he couldn't have got away with any of these jokes in his writing quite as openly. But since then, he's done stuff like a whole little column about how I tried to draw a non-racist caricature of a black person, but I just couldn't do it. You know, I had to go to all uh, your various negatives. Um, Essentially what that Evening Standard guy was doing the other day. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure I... Doing that with black people. I'm not sure I should caveat this or not with allegedly so i'm just gonna say allegedly because to, just no. to take the precaution but isn't he allegedly a domestic abuser yes and i'm not sure there's that much of a, an alleged about it i think he's got some sort of caution let's have a look much younger woman as well right well rod little is famously the man who left his wife for a young one <laughs> as pointed out by a notorious irish football pundit oh that's become a meme in itself by people who don't even really know what rod little is um, <laughs> what rod little is rather than who i think either work in his particular case yeah um, anyway he's a real bad cunt but should we get to why he pertains to our debate today about the the cronies yes he did get a police caution in 2005 after allegedly punching his pregnant girlfriend yeah. who was just over half his age 23 versus 45 so nice bloke so well, that's the sort of person younger than me why, why, why he's relevant to this yeah considerably younger than me as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why he's relevant to this anyway okay what happened okay is he was a member of the labor party as you are someone reported him for something he'd published that doesn't narrow it down he probably <laughs> says something every couple of weeks that breaks the party rules and that you or i would get chucked out of if we got caught out of doing it says here um, he was reported for transphobic and islamophobic comments Okay, yeah, so again, could have been any week. Yeah. <laughs> he went for the double that week, but you usually get at least one of them in any given column. So he's been reported. If I remember rightly, they were looking around it and they were saying, look, because he is a journalist, because he is a high-profile figure, we should run these sort of things past the leader's office and so on. I'd imagine they do that when it is one that can get them good or bad publicity when it happens. Yeah. You know? It's a bit different if it's just some bloke who's, who's joined up in, it in a random CLP. Yeah. But, anyway, they looked into it and nothing ended up happening and it's alleged that the reason for that is that Rod Little is very good friends with Ian Austin who is in turn very good friends with Tom Watson. Yeah this who, is how it's phrased. seem to be seen as a, a future leader. Apparently Rod Little is chummy with Ian Austin and by extension Tom Watson. So oh. right get what they're implying there but yes. Ian Austin and Tom Watson are so symbiotic. I mean, it's just yep. kind of like they're... I mean, clearly I meant simpatico here, but I guess I could have also been trying to say that they had a symbiotic political relationship. Let's go with that. These guys are two sides of the same coin. They're like that. They're... <laughs> wow. Yep. Tom Watson, really. Yep. I mean, obviously we know that his posturing is bullshit, but his thing is he's a party man. And just like... Ooh. He, he just hangs around with one of the most serially disloyal MPs. But you know what? It doesn't surprise me that Ian Austin, knowing no. his politics and his personality, is friends with Rod Little. And what by Ian extension, Austin, Tom Watson. But what Ian Austin presents to the world is, I'm very concerned about anti-Semitism in all its forms. I want to stamp out anti-Semitism. I want to stop the affected. extremism. Stop the extremism. And yet here he is, very close friends with someone who's just like, ha <laughs> Auschwitz, 
Auschwitz Bar and Grill. Ha 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 He's not someone who's serious about what he claims to be when it's not coming from the left. In this case, it is within what was at the time his own party. And he's yeah. not bothered at all because it's not someone that even this lot would call a trot. Okay, so this, it gets more remarkable, right? Mm-hmm. So... It was suggested by the GLU's director. What does GLU stand for? Uh, good question. There are a lot of abbreviations. And I did Gapes like lives under the bridge like a troll from mythology. No. Governance and legal units. Governance and legal yeah. units director. Then informed the executive director of yeah. governance that little is tight with Watson and Austin. Yeah. And suggested they sit on it for now, in quotation marks, rather than suspend little yeah. immediately. Now, this is the real shit here. The executive director replied, Okay, I will speak to Ian. Presumably a reference to consulting Ian Austin on a disciplinary case against his friend. Now, that's the conclusion reached in the document. Perhaps they simply misspelled the name of Ian McNichol. But (laughs) if they were consulting Ian Austin on a disciplinary case because the bigoted right-wing journalist in question was his mate, and he is in turn mates with Tom Watson, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? Fuck, man. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Guardian's report on all this quotes Ian Austin being like, oh, this report is a big old load of shit, without mentioning that he's named he's in the report. In it. Yeah, <laughs> in, a, in a very incriminating way. Yeah, sorry, say your bit now. Standard, I just Standard, yeah. Just wanted so to that, get that on with all the other Ian Austin stuff. There's a lot in this report. So like, much. The little thing is one of the most egregious because we all know some of the things he's written, some of the things he's said, and how overtly racist he is. You know, it's like if uh, fucking Doug Murray or someone like that was, was in the past. Oh, and he's um, in the dossier we'll have yeah, to get he, to the douglas murray section on. so i think because there's so like i say i've at least sort of upper end of skim read 851 pages yesterday <laughs> so some of it's kind of blurred into one there's a lot in there mm. the probably the best thing to do here is if i skim my own thread to prompt what the different things we can talk about here oh yeah man yeah, recycling tweets out, for podcasts is always a lot fair of, game uh, we can elaborate a bit more the first one i've picked up these are roughly in the order that they appeared in the document rather than necessarily the order that flows the best as a story or anything like that the first thing I picked up very early is, again, a, a theme that keeps re-emerging. People very openly not really doing any work, yeah, boasting yeah. about not really doing any work. Staff described working to rule when Corbyn was elected and coming into the office and doing nothing for a few months. During the 2017 general election, staff joked about hardly working and created a chat so they could pretend to work while actually speaking to each other. Tap, tap, tapping away will make us look very busy. Senior staff coordinated refusing to share basic information to the leader's office during the election, such as candidates' contact details. Labour HQ, and we'll come back to this allegation later, operated a secret key seats team based in Labour's London region office in Ergen House, (laughs) from where a parallel general election campaign was run to support MPs associated with the right wing of the party. Man, this conspiracy is so thick. It is like the CIA within the CIA in Three Days of the Condor. It's quite Nixonian, man, isn't it? (laughs) Um, But that that one there, there was a lot of rumours around that at the time. A lot of people where it seemed like You'd have two neighbouring MPs 
one fairly right wing with a reasonably big majority, mm. one knife edge left winger, or one where we'd just lost last time. Or something I, I like think that a specific a example was the left wing um, Margaret Greenwood versus the right wing Alison McGovern, who are yes. neighbouring Liverpool yes. area MPs. That was the one that probably got the most play last time as well. Yeah, obviously. It worked out okay, I think mainly because momentum mobilised very well in that election. Yeah. And exactly the seats at the HQ weren't mobilising people, and I don't think they anticipated momentum at that stage to have been that effective, but there was a lot of paranoia at the time about it going on. Meanwhile, these people that we now know were doing this, a lot of their friends in the press were making wild allegations about stacking up votes in Islington North and all that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, they're putting all the funding to Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott's seat. No, they're not. Fuck, you know? Yeah. Just making yeah. shit up. But again, it comes into this theme of, with the Labour right, and with like the centre right in general, it seems these last few years that everything they've accused us of, they've been doing themselves and have often been exposed as doing themselves. Just on this subject, let's just do a little bit of sexy role play. So, right, we're going to act Probably. out. Yeah, I know. This is what it's all been building up to. This is like the Tom Watson spin-off of Gapecast. Because what we're... No, he's not actually in it. What we're going to do is we're going to reenact the discussion that these senior Labour nerds had about Tom Watson's seat, which he ended up increasing with a 58.0 percentage of the vote and an increased majority. So Patrick Hennigan has a number of lines and Emily Oldnow the beating heart of the party and Ian McNichol we have a rap problem only have one line each so somebody gets to be two characters they've got to find some way of delineating who's going to be who Shall I be Patrick Hennigan? Okay, you can be Patrick and I'll play the others. I'm not okay. I'm not going to do a Monty Python-style screechy woman voice for Emily. Don't worry. Do it in tribute to Terry Jones. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not necessarily, it's not necessarily what he actually would have wanted, but... You know. Okay, so just for context, on 22nd of April 2017, senior staff discussed the need to protect Tom Watson's seat in West Bromwich East which he ended up winning on it on 8th of June 2017 with 58% of the vote and an increased majority. Yep, so Patrick. So, pa- Patrick, okay, but we need to throw cash at Tom's seat, even if just 50k for that. And Emily comes in saying, we should do this. We can't let him lose for want of money. We're in meltdown, 25 points down and they've not started on us. Ian then pipes in, let's talk Monday, I'm off to bed but obviously protect Tom's seat. Staff were also considering go-slow tactics, making the election more difficult to win for Corbyn's team and Labour as a whole. When the election was called, there was a big, big gap in the polls. Uh, Some of us were a bit concerned about it because we thought we'd narrow it, but still there may end up being enough of a gap for it to be a big defeat big pressure on Corbyn and and so on. Luckily, we were all wrong on that one. But (laughs) they obviously thought at that point, Labour are going to lose a lot of seats here. We need specifically to protect Tom Watson's seat. And there's a couple of references elsewhere. Tom Watson himself isn't quoted in any of this. He's not in any of their chats or anything like that. This is them talking about it and alluding to it. The idea seems to be that they, at the very least, when Corbyn was forced to resign or step down, they wanted Watson as as an interim leader. And I think reading between the lines, they they wanted someone like him, someone close to him, to be running for leader, to be taking the party forward, you know? 
Oh, absolutely. And not so only that's why that... that's want him to keep his seat, because obviously it would be a bit of a constitutional problem if they were trying to get someone as a leader who wasn't a sitting MP. Yeah, and I should say that whilst Watson does not appear in the documents as a participant in the conversations, he does appear as a participant, allegedly, in some of their plotting and conniving. So, let's do this other exchange here that I will just send across now. Again, it's just from the thread, but I'll, I'll I'll tweet it across. So, this is on the 13th of April, 2017. Yep. And this is between Emily Oldnow who I guess I've got, you've got Patrick Hennigan, Tracy yeah. Allen's in this as well. And I think it would make more sense if I'm Tracy Allen as well then, because okay. that tends to fit better in terms of alternating lines. Okay, and I'll do the one Julie Lawrence line. The one line Julie then. Lawrence line, yeah, okay. Okay, so, so Emily. Uh, again, so just preamble. Oh yeah, senior I'm Emily. Staff, senior staff also spoke of facilitating Deputy Leader Tom Watson. What we'll see him facilitating is coming up. Duh, duh, duh. Okay, Emily. I think this needs to be CC'd to TW. He will leak it. That's Patrick there. And then Emily says, In addition, the George S. meeting wasn't any worse than any of the other meetings we did. Who's George S.? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Tracy Allen says, Oh, awful for her too. And just think you could be in Jamie's with me and your team. He won't leak it as it criticises... Uh, how do you say that guy's name? I know who it is. Sean... Sean... Sion Simon? Is it Sion? I'm, I'm Sion, and I don't know, but that's... Anyway, failing. The, yeah, he's basically it's, it's some Sion absolute Simon. shit yeah. loser candidate for... Proper uh, shithead, lab- by yeah. the standards of Welsh labour. Just know? like Tom it's... Watson's mate. And he, he did he run for, like, West Midlands mayor at some point? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he is essentially, he's been in different regions, he's been in Wales, he's been in, in the Midlands now, um, but he is essentially these regions equivalent of Jim Murphy. An oh, right, absolute yeah. Absolute talentless shithead with shit politics. He's <laughs> mates with the right people, so they yeah. just keep yeah. putting him forward for stuff. Losing elections, they probably could have won with, like, the blandest candidate alive. Oh, yeah. He um, totally seems like kind of part of the Watson, Duggar, oh, Austin hundred percent. 100%, but they failed to stitch up seats and stuff for him. Yeah, yeah. He, no, he didn't ahead, win that mayoralty. That was like the yeah. only one Labour lost in that set of elections. That was when Andy Burnham and Steve Rotherham got elected. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't remember specifics, but I just remember it being like a train wreck of a campaign. Oh, yeah, it was it was shit, and it was like totally mm. divorced from Labour policy and Labour strategy. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was like no Corbyn on the leaflets and shit like that. Patrick's claimed that Tom Watson will leak it. Emily said he won't leak it because it criticizes his pal so tracy allen good <laughs> uh, emily sends some emojis then i assume yeah uh, fire emojis <laughs> milk emojis because they're centrists i don't know patrick hennigan then says i think we ask for meeting with tw and jc tom watson and jeremy corbyn tom watson's close personal friends jesus christ our lord and savior tom <laughs> is the most connected man in politics then yep. julie says julie lawrence he can leak it after elections if useful. Very grown up of Julie. Like, let's come on, let's uh, hold our yeah. fire here. Just leak, yeah, le- leak in the downtime. Yeah. yeah, cover for TW to be CC. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, that appears to show some briefing of the media involving Tom Watson. Perhaps the most nakedly disgusting act of stool pigeon conduct in these documents. <laughs> 
don't know where you're going with this. There's so many fucking contenders. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'm talking about a media briefing here. This is when, on the day that, what was it, some Tory councillor had been suspended for just tweeting racist filth. Oh. Uh, Diane Abbott, racist yeah. shit. shit, disgusting. Bad enough that the Tories punished him for it. These wankers tweeted, and let me get again. I want, I don't want to misquote these people because their own words are so fucking damning that yeah. there is no reason. So we everyone can... actively participating in this conversation should be flat out expelled, but from the party with fast track. Like there's no fuck them, man. So who, who's Mulholland? Drive Mulholland. PLP secretary. Fry of Mulholland. No, that's Mulholland is not actually her first name. Right. <laughs> but in February of 2017, Drive Mulholland <laughs> said Diane Abbott literally makes me sick. In the same WhatsApp group, senior staff discussed Abbott crying in the toilets and telling Michael Crick who at the time worked for Channel 4, has now obviously yeah. gone to our friends at the Daily Mail, where she yeah. was. So, who was Patrick Hennigan? You? Patrick Hennigan. Abbott found crying in the loose. Who was Julie Lawrence? Well, that, that's just literally a sad smiley. Yeah, smiley okay, it's a sad face emoji. Presumably sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plausible deniability. Oh, uh, she feels sad, does she? I don't yeah. have those human emotions. So and do you want to be Tracy Allen coming in here? Yeah, okay. Abbott Memorial Cupboard works well. Diane in Leon. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to say which one because just in case she goes there regularly. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, just in case that's a local. There's quite a few Leons in in London, aren't there? So she's in a Leon. She's in uh, a restaurant chain, right? Yeah. Uh, so that, but they they say which one she's in. They identify like exactly where she is at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Crying and in some distress. Oh my god! Yeah, it's so it's Fiona's chilly. Compassionate response to that is. Shall we tell Michael Crick? And Patrick says... Already have, wink emoji. Great bunch Telling of lads. This fucking creepy bastard of a journalist. Probably still was spitting his hair from the last time he spoke to someone. Fucking, hey, do you want to come and see Diane Abbott crying in the toilets? Okay, that so might be a story for you. So here's a Guardian headline from the next day. Conservative official suspended over racist tweet aimed at Diane Abbott. We don't need to know what the tweet was. I'm sure it's horrible and racist. So this mm. would have been unfolding that very day yeah. that they were having and this although conversation. Although they probably didn't know the specifics of that specific tweet and that specific incident. You can't be in the Labour Party and active in the Labour Party without knowing the sheer volume of racist and misogynist abuse that Diane Abbott specifically gets. It says in a little bit under the headline that there were death threats involved. Even during the majority of the Corbyn years, when there was such a huge effort to focus hatred on Jeremy Corbyn himself specifically, for the most of that period, Diane Abbott was the most abused politician in Britain. By yeah, totally. Um, yeah. You can click on any tweet she ever makes, any tweet a journalist or another politician makes that mentions her, and you will see probably 50, often many, many, many more, tweets abusing her from far-right dickheads or just even non-political assholes who see her as an acceptable target in ways they wouldn't see other politicians. Yeah. And you can't work in fucking Labour head office senior fucking legal and compliance positions and not know that to be the fact. I desperately want to talk about just how fucking right-wing these people are 
just in every yeah. way. But I think we should talk for a minute more just about like the racism that's on display yeah. in this shit. Because obviously the precise yeah. reason that this was compiled was the EHRC investigation into labor anti-semitism this was supposed to tell the parties side of the story we see a couple of times here like how they deal with jewish left-wing activists oh yeah Um, Yeah. there's one with regards to and this person's high profile enough the the sort of victim in this case that i can name them as a public figure james schneider yeah who was a spokesperson for momentum uh, at this point and I think shortly afterwards went on to be a spokesperson for Jeremy Corbyn, where he did that job, by most accounts, very successfully for a few years. Very well Um, respected. Yeah. This was at the stage when they were essentially looking to purge leftists and and, and chuck people out on the left en masse, okay? Staff specifically discussed flagging prominent individuals from the party's left and expressed disappointment when they could not find sufficient evidence for action. So on 20th of July, Sam Matthews and Richard... My birthday... (laughs) They're yeah. just celebrating happy, in style. Happy birthday, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> a few days before mine. Uh, discussed James Schneider, and the conversation was, James Schneider has been flagged, but unfortunately it's a bit benign. Just statements on voting green a year ago. That's Richard Shakespeare. Sam responds, yeah, it's a constant pain. Richard Shakespeare, any chance of a special task force for two of the agents to go deeper? <laughs> Sam replies James Schneider is always in the vicinity of a line but never seems to cross it deeper that was, <laughs> what line seems to cross it and then follows up deeper presumably the line that would give him grounds to chuck people out for supporting the Greens too much oh right yeah um, it's not going to be anti-Semitism too critical of the Labour Party in the past yeah uh, so Richard Shakespeare then says following so- sorry sorry but motherfucker's called Shakespeare it's <laughs> the son of Robbie Shakespeare the reggae musician yeah yeah, the son of Craig Shakespeare, the failed Leicester City manager. Um, all, all the famous Shakespeare's you have now. Um, so Richard Shakespeare responds, follow him, check his bins. Sam, ha ha, proper espionage. And in this period of time, it comes up repeatedly, they weren't really doing much to investigate anti-Semitism. I suppose in the press it was something that was coming up now and then, but it wasn't the, the big focus that came later. They were focusing most of their energy on what they seem to call the trot hunt to get rid of the fucking trots. That was their overwhelming focus and they weren't really doing big chunks of what their actual job description was because they were so focused on getting as many left-wing members. And again, ridiculously broad description of left-wing. It doesn't just mean like angry shit posters like us and our pals, you know? Yeah. Uh, Getting them all expelled. I think we need to give brave whistleblower Sam Deep Throat Matthews a break here because like, were you to receive a report that somebody had been talking about Zio-Jewish nonce arch buggerers of British children at the British Brainwashing Corporation, you wouldn't think in your role as head of disciplinary cases to pursue this any further, would you? No, you'd certainly have to spend a good few months having to think about whether any action was necessary, which luckily is what Sam Matthews has done on that and seemingly the vast majority of anti-Semitism. Yeah, that was a direct quote. I wasn't coming up with that as like a bit of improv ironic anti-Semitism. There is some really grim shit in this report. There are some nasty anti-Semitic bastards out there. Oh Um, yeah, absolutely. The report proves without Um, doubt that anti-Semitism does exist within the party and is an issue. Yeah, and under most circumstances I would have some sympathy for anyone doing that sort of job in the sense that it must get 
quite grueling to be slogging through this sort of material as a chunk of your day job. However, what you see time and time again with Sam Matthews, whose job it was for a long time to do this, was that he would receive something, presumably have a, at least a quick look at it, move it to a different folder in his inbox, and that was it. That, that was it. It would sit there for months, it would sit there for years. When they reorganised the whole structure in like 2018 through to 2019, they were going back into the inbox here and finding stuff from years before that had just been punted into the long grass. Some of the most vile anti-Semitism that you'd imagine exists in Britain in terms of comments. Yeah, um, that one quote that I read out, anything. in that paragraph there were like two, three other quotes from that same person which were oh, equally yeah. anti-Semitic. This is someone who's obsessed with the subject and is really quite severe and blatant in cramming as many tropes as they can into single sentences open and shut how is that not an expulsion there's a extract that i think is really interesting on this on the issue of anti-semitism because you know the reason that i called sam matthews deep throat was not that i you know have any kind of carnal knowledge of him or anything like that it was because he appeared on this panorama, panorama show yeah, documentary yeah. about labor anti-semitism as a apparent whistleblower and according to the report the claims that he made in that documentary are contradicted by all of the available documentary evidence. So mm-hmm. this was, again, something that he said about James Schneider, who, as the report points out, is Jewish. And I know it's genuinely horrified. And I think the report mm-hmm. says, it, yeah, it says Schneider is visibly distressed by the contents of this, I guess, is a different report. The levels of anti-Semitism from apparent Labour members documented within. Yes, so I, the Palestine Live thing. I, I have, yeah, 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 I have absolutely, like, zero doubt that James Schneider is sincerely concerned with combating anti-Semitism. I have much more confidence in him on this than I do fucking Sam Matthews. Because here's what happened. Matthews said to Schneider that his team were busy doing due diligence on council candidates. Schneider, however, insisted that looking into this anti-Semitism thing was a priority. Which, again, it doesn't fit the official narrative about how that sounds conspiratorial but you know what i mean about how yeah it was the, uh, the, the leader's office the leader's um, office opposing the head office's attempt to investigate these things i, I always thought, to be honest i always thought that sounded like a conspiracy theory that just yeah mm. jeremy corbyn's personally mm. blocking investigations into anti-semitism Shane because milne looming over our computers and shouting at us if we load up anything relating to disciplinary yeah processes. the lotto actually want to look anti-semitic that's why they're into yeah anyway maybe more to this meets the eye. Schneider, however, insisted that this was a priority. At lunchtime, he and Seamus Milne would face a... would face a regular session of questions from journalists after PMQs and wanted to be able to say that the party was taking the action it should be. Then at midday, well, two minutes past, Matthews texted Schneider saying, Hi, James, I've got two members of staff on this now. At least one member identified is already under investigation for claims of anti-Semitism. Report coming to July meeting of disputes. We're membership checking others now. Now, Matthews has publicly claimed that his team were in the process of doing a really thorough job on Palestine Live, but halfway through the process was interrupted by Schneider, so he personally tried to pin the blame on this shit on James, who shortly before PMQs at midday asked Matthews to randomly pick out three names to suspend. Now, that is fucking 
that flagrant. Legit. If there is no documentary evidence for this, that is a flagrant case of somebody being economical with the truth that doesn't even sound true. The final quote, Matthew said, they wanted me to take just 20 minutes on a process that needed to be done thoroughly and methodically, like all Sam Matthews' other work for the party. The the thing, randomly pick out three names to suspend, sounds like something from uh, a dystopian movie, a movie about totalitarian regime. Just let's just pick some people out it doesn't matter who and make an example of them it's cartoonish mustache twirling evil which i'm i don't think james schneider would make that call i think that's a bit of a a problem for them to be claiming it is particularly as the report says as it's contradicted by all available documentary evidence yeah there's some mad shit in it like as early as before jeremy corbyn became leader when it looked like he was going to win that hadn't quite happened yet Friend of the show, Jolian Green and, uh, <laughs> and John Stolliday were discussing how they could either delay or cancel the election. Wait, so, I just want to say, are we sure? I'm not actually sure this it is, is Jolian Green. Green. No, it I is Jolian it, Green. I found, it, I found his LinkedIn. He was working in head office. There is also like a... Because <laughs> oh. he goes by Joe Green now, okay? So that's how he Mate, I deleted report. my fucking tweets about oh, how it is a shame they call him Jolian. Absolutely melted now, right? So... Um, he, he he switched at some point around 2015, 2016 to go in by Jolian Green to Joe Green. No, I can't think we why. Were all on him. Um, <laughs> but there's also so, someone who comes up in the report from time to time, not as one of the main offenders, but sort of a background staff member called like Joe Greening. Okay. So it gets a bit confusing there as well. But I did look up Jolian Green's LinkedIn. Uh, he's now working in the charitable sector, I think. Of course he is. But CIA front. He was working in Labour head office still at this point. So it's him. They're discussing, obviously, cancelling the election. Stolliday thinks that's a great idea. Uh, <laughs> where do you think Ian and Mike are on delay? Finally balanced. In the end, I think they have to decide on the basis of whether we have resource to do the checks rather than a political decision. Also, the leadership teams would need to sign off delay. Is Ian and Mike, Ian Austin and Mike Gapes, like they're running all these key decisions past these two titans of Labour With the lack of any contradictory evidence, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jolie and Green then goes on to say, I am now of the view that the three other candidates could just drop out next week and the whole thing would have to be halted. Ah. Uh, With Stolliday with brilliant understatement which presumably would risk a huge argument (laughs) you think pal i think now is probably the time to mention just how fucking right wing these people are we said earlier that they consider anyone to the left of gordon brown i've got the doug murray bit up now so okay that's a good place as part of the right wing thing so there's someone called James McBride who was in the policy unit in May 2017. Probably the, 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 the fruit of Damien's loins. It's a safe bet in the Labour Party. <laughs> that's really. how the Labour Party works. They're definitely related. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's how Labour um, works. Although I do think that Max, Sha- uh, not Max Shandley, Max Landsman should have got Sam Matthews' job. Well, certainly over who did get it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to that later. We'll do a sort of which CV. You know, imagine you're the hiring manager sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. James McBride was in the policy unit. He was leading on economy and business policy. Hell yeah. He shared a clip in one of these groups of Douglas Murray, which oh, yeah. accurately describes as right-wing Islamophobic commentator Douglas Murray. Yeah. That's 
correct. It's so good that there are people in bureaucratic positions in the party now who, like, recognise that kind of stuff. But the thing with Douglas Murray, it's not an opinion like it would be with, like, a lot of these shithead columnists. Douglas Murray has come out and gone on the record saying... We should make life more difficult for Muslims in Europe. Yeah, you know? yeah, so he's you, very, very right wing. You can't say he's not Islamophobic. His approach to it is Islamophobia is a made up word, which yeah, is yeah. what you say when you can't deny being Islamophobic. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> so he, he was on Daily Politics. They shared a clip of him doing that, saying what he was saying is that all political parties were refusing to confront the reality that terrorism comes from the religion of Islam because obviously there's been no other form of terrorism. For example, within UK borders in the 70s and 80s. Um, Man, up for raw, securing <laughs> that caliphate for... <laughs> I mean, it's, like a, it's like the galaxy brain version of Barack Obama is a secret Muslim. Like, Jer- Jerry Adams is a secret Muslim. Like. <laughs> McBride commented, find it difficult to disagree with this. He then went on to say, we can't ignore the fact that while one might be more typically terrorist behaviour, they still derive from the same ideology, and Western liberal ideology is reluctant to take it on and expose its roots, which inevitably involve hard questions even for so-called moderate Islam. So they're doing the same thing that these people do, not just where do these radicals come from, these radicals are a problem, it's pushing the view that Douglas Murray and co aggressively pushed came up when we dealt with Harry's place in a couple of episodes mm. that a lot of what we'd think of as moderate Islam are actually either radical or right on the verge of becoming radicalised. Yeah, well, really you know why they don't like... The, any of the evidence. You know why they're not fans a, of Sadiq Khan. Well, this is where you see these racist narratives around people like him. You know, any prominent Muslim is part of a plot to these people. That's what he had to say about that anyway. And for context, the Muslim Council of Britain had written a formal letter of concern to the BBC about that specific appearance by Murray, Mm. highlighting that he'd said conditions for Muslims in Europe must be made harder across the board, and that subsequently he'd said the UK needed less Islam, which is as blatant as you can possibly get. The Muslim Council of Britain pointed out that even the Conservative front bench broke off relations with him many years ago. So we've got people there in our policy unit that on this particular issue, uh, substantially to the right of probably not the Tory backbenches because there's a bunch of fucking headbangers, uh, <laughs> but to the right of the Tory front bench. I think retweeting Douglas Murray is something you see like the Harry's Place veterans, not yes, veterans. They, they, of they, love, they love Douglas Murray, although some of the, them are it, a bit wary of, of being open about it now yeah the proper armchair general centrists i i I, I think jimmy sec uk maybe retweets murray occasionally (sighs) he's blocked me for so long but (laughs) he's certainly they're peas in a pod we know that jimmy sec from his guardian comments history has the same sort of obsession with muslim birth rates and mad shit like that proper proper hardcore crank is there any more of the murray stuff because Not I, the Murray stuff, no, that was like a brief aside for context. Look at this yeah. bastard in our policy. But that's absolutely incredible. It shows that there is this real parallel between the hawkish, so-called pro-interventionist left and the far right, basically, in their absolute hatred and fear of Islam and their determination to combat it by violent means. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, if we want to talk about real institutional racism, let's talk about the war on terror and its effects on Muslims. But from a government that all these people supported and were incredibly minor parts of in some cases. <laughs> Sorry. What have you got? Just just the the bit I'd put as like actual self-awareness on display. So they're talking about the Corbyn event in Wales by the look of it. They've had a lot of Labour Party members emailing, asking to attend and so on. The office were disappointed that they couldn't refuse.
news entry to these Ernest Corbyn supporters. <laughs> uh, in January 2016, regional organisers Rob Sherrington and Ellie Buck discussed organising an event for Labour Party members where they wanted the, quote, audience to be hand-picked, no <laughs> trots, basically, for which they had to find 130 sensible people, i.e. people at or to the right of Gordon Brown. Their response to that was, bloody hell, that's a task, isn't it? <laughs> So they don't think there's 130 sensible people in that particular region that are Labour members. Um, <laughs> in October 2017, two regional staff discussed Momentum's job adverts for regional organiser positions, noting that they will try to fuck up regions, though they're not going to be good enough, describing it as very badly paid, but, and here's the brilliant quotes, basically doing our job, but motivated. <laughs> and then the follow-up quote on that is, I think that they will do the groundwork we cannot be asked doing and they will engage the members in a way we cannot be fucked with. They are going to be so motivated. Oh, you know, just admitting you don't give a shit about yeah. your job. Oh, fuck, you know, imagine if we could be asked. Like, <laughs> what could we achieve? Um, bear in mind, these people were, from that context, getting paid quite a bit more than the momentum equivalents that they were hiring. There was stuff about... Their anger at the very prospect of rail privatisation was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so let's go to the thread by how upsetting. I'll good post, idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll post this in the conversation because it's a funny thread. It's just a short one, but it's got some mm. real good extracts from this. Dan Hogan says, brace yourself. McDonald just called for corporation tax to go up. Amy Ooh. Fowler says, fuck, you know. You're kidding me. Dot, dot, dot. I can't believe it! <laughs> and just like, and how upsetting says it's like McDonald's just said, release the pedos or something. And it's yeah. just amazing. It's just talking about raising them back to like the level they were under Gordon Brown, I think. It's like if you told a middle class centrist, oh, we're abolishing landlords tomorrow. You know, it's the sort of reaction you'd expect from them to something like that. But it's, just, yeah. you know, and it, there's another one somewhere in it where there's a similar sort of reaction to the idea of nationalising rail. Oh, yeah. Where and it, one it, of it, them it, says something about landlord bashing at some point which is pretty funny and in practice the rail in particular but to an extent the other ones as well these are the sort of policies that have appeal beyond the hard left yeah, uh, yeah. everyone except the right of the party and a large section of the public even not necessarily the Labour voting public support these policies and have done for some time they know? just deny that down on things like the energy companies as well they're you know? like oh hopefully we can just drop all these policies mm. when they poll badly it's like well they don't <laughs> they don't fall badly, yeah. yeah. And that, um, that's with constant attempts in the papers to attack them, you know? This bit is uh, fucking hilarious. So Colette Collins-Walsh at one point linked an article from www.manchesterconservatives.com slash news slash contra-corbinomics. Why we should be incredulous towards economic statism. I think the contra there just means we should murder the, ar the uh, <laughs> architects of corbinomics with paramilitary death squads finally higher tax Scroll rates a page or two on they probably say that yeah <laughs> finally oh well I, I think the bit i was looking for was where they talk about like fucking shooting uh like calling armored police to shoot corbyn supporters at a rally with water cannons get the water cannons out yeah yeah Fucked that was up. that was patrick i think our pal patrick hennigan oh, um, really man. really comes across a complete cunt during the whole thing so colette links to this article from the manchester tories contra wing and says finally <laughs> higher taxes do not necessarily 
necessarily yield more revenues because they reduce incentives to work. What Corbyn fails to understand is that the UK is actually becoming more equal. And Finally, Jay... someone said it. Thank yeah, God I for know. the local Conservative Party. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the Tories. <laughs> like, oh, at last, somebody is making this objectively Tory Does... point. And James yeah. McBride is just like, indeed, very too. And then he quickly corrects himself, true. Yeah, but there's another I didn't screen cap it or anything because it was just a throwaway one where someone's linking a right wing article and it's put in as context and it's a CapEx article I can't even remember what the subject of it was but that's when you know it's bad when you're fucking deep on CapEx James Bloodworth's dark money payday operation (laughs) can we talk about recruitment policy here oh yeah okay should we get to a real case of you versus the guy she told you not to worry about i've got a good prelude here because we've got a conversation between ian mcnichol and emily old now so two of the most senior people going 9th of april 2017 half two in the morning for some reason (laughs) (laughs) ian's sending his bits at half two and three Emily's sending her replies like five hours later when she wakes up. So yeah. Ian's obviously fucking on one. You know? Yeah, he's just yeah, he's like, oh, the, night. the trots, up. the fucking yeah. trots. The, the trots keeping him awake. Fuck, let's get Emily on the case. <laughs> fucking need to stop these bastards. So he's tired and emotional. What he's saying is the irony of them complaining about recruit process. It's actually beyond irony. <laughs> family, friends, friends of family and fellow trot travellers come and get a job. <laughs> No interview. In fact, you don't even need to fill an application in, fucking twats. <laughs> don't do the meeting next week as I want to be in it. Maybe you could start by asking the leader's office what qualifications any of them have. And he's then corrected it off half an hour later. <laughs> uh, the spelling of one word. And Emily's woke up in the morning and gone, ha 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 ha, brilliant Ian. Um, <laughs> so they're obviously very principled opposition to the idea of nepotism, giving your mates, giving your family members jobs and this sort of thing. Yeah. Couldn't be clearer about that there, could they? So here we go, a conversation between Emily Oldno and someone called Emma Meehan. <laughs> Emily, Sarah tells me your sister is looking for a job. Emma, yeah, she is. Emily, we have an admin role coming up in the compliance unit. It's a bit boring helping Margaret with donation reports, etc., but it gets her in the door and gives her some experience. Do you think she'd be interested? Emma, yeah, she definitely would. She's been looking for admin work in London. She's pretty new to the party. Emily, okay, great. That means she'll be completely malleable. But it would be a really good experience for her. I can mould her like putty in my hands. This whole conversation takes less than two minutes, and it's essentially offering someone a job just because they're related to someone that she knows and trusts already in the office, you know, yeah. previously in the office. So, yeah, that, that's what they actually think of nepotism in practice. And I'm just trying to find... Uh, the Max Landsman the, the, bit. Yeah, the job that Sam Matthews got, basically. I have um, sent the screenshot across. Imagine it. No, I've never, myself, my, my career has been a dismal failure. I've never been in a position to be hiring people. Hey, man, you've got, myself. like, 90-something Patreon subscribers. That oh, counts yeah, yeah, for yeah. something. Look, uh, but, but my <laughs> career is such that that money actually is useful. You know, yeah. from that, that my, my quarter share of that is genuinely useful to me. Um, <laughs> but the point is, I've never been in a direct position to be making decisions about hiring people. But you do, you, you do get I a, have a feeling you. sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there we go. Lord in his position. Yeah, yeah I'm the boss. Peons. Yeah. <laughs> just because just, just you came up with the idea and have been on almost every episode and do all the work. 
You, you think you can tell us what to do? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought you'd be malleable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you'd want you want a foot through the door. Yeah, <laughs> through the door. Right, I'm right. very much the old no, the beating heart of this operation. I'll have you, you are, know. You are. It would, all, it would actually fall apart if you left, but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll test that one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but if you imagine you were a hiring manager, you've all been in jobs where you're like, oh, this guy would be better than that guy and so on. You know, he'd mm. be better in that position, what have you. So we've got two applicants here for a job, a compliance officer investigations, which was a new role at that point. So I'm going to read out their qualifications and we'll see which one you would hire if you, the listener, were in a position to do so. It sounds like these were essentially the final two or the two most serious applicants. So Sam Matthews had a BA in politics with philosophy, previously worked as a Labour Party campaign organiser. Not, not even PPE then, not even with the economics in there. I don't what, know what? where I, I don't know where he studied. Lightweight, he's like a couple of specific universities, isn't it? But he was a Labour Party campaign organiser in Slough in Labour HQ's print team, and as a and social that, media and place. direct mail regional organiser and communications officer for the Yvette for Labour leadership campaign in 2015. Man, this guy knows electability. It's obviously a great success to not come second being the press's choice. Talent, Um, man. Political talent. So, really, he's like one notch more qualified for the job than I would have been. (laughs) I would have been completely intimidated out of it. There's no way I would have applied for a job like that in 2015. At least you ran the Gapes for Leader campaign. In fairness, I wasn't actually a party member at that point. Gapes would have got much more the Gapes mm-hmm. for Leader campaign would have been much more successful than the Yvette yeah. for Leader campaign if he hadn't left the party by the time we started it. Well I think the sort of banter votes, the comedy option protest vote would have got more than say Liz Kendall did in 2015 yeah. Oh yeah, 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 definitely yeah. <laughs> anyway, In January 2016 he was looking at applying for jobs in the party including campaigns officer, campaign materials and direct mail or a data analyst role. Though expressing concerns that he was mediocre at the work environment didn't have the skills on paper. In February 2016, he arranged to meet Mike Creighton, who he already knew for a coffee, and then applied for this role of compliance officer investigations. I love that there's a citation by coffee. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, I hope it's got whether it was a frothy coffee or not. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally... That's, like... that's, that's important in, in It was a damn good coffee. Now. Big signifier. Yeah. Interviews were held in March 2016, although Matthews noted he was only available to start in three months' time after the EU referendum on 23rd of June. Yeah, as he was about important to start a, a three-month contract as a field organizer for Britain's stronger in for Europe. So Look, you see a few of these people; they they go from campaign to campaign, and each campaign is like, "You've done this. You've got experience. You're a great applicant for this next job," and so on, and it repeats. Yeah. And they lose all the fucking elections and work on loads of failed campaigns. He will, they will get chance after chance after chance, whereas the poor bastard who maybe got edged out for him the first time he applied for a job will also get edged out for him on all these other jobs, you know? Sam so, Matthews will 100% get Tom Watson's current job at UK Music in a couple of years. <laughs> Once Ian Austin steps... Entire, they'll slowly get through the entire Labour right. Yeah, yeah it yeah. will only be once Ian Austin steps yeah. down from it and yeah. uh, Sion Simon has a shot as well. It depends what vacancies are available in the gambling industry. Oh, yeah, that's it's, true. There's, there's, there's always the gambling, other, too. The other outlet of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so he doesn't sound like a great applicant in his own words there but what other applicants are there maybe there's no one better than him maybe it's just a matter of there's no one perfect so they go with a guy that's worked on previous labor campaigns and they know Mm. another applicant for the role was max landsman who scored higher than matthews on the pre-interview scoring matrix 
Landsman was a qualified barrister with a master's in legal and political theory, with a wide range of compliance, legal and political experience, including working in a law firm and an internationally renowned legal research centre, running, running a shelter legal aid drop-in service and supporting solicitors working on claims brought by asylum seekers. Ooh, la da that probably had their back up on two grounds, you know, landlord bashing and also helping out asylum seekers. <laughs> Working as a compliance and financial officer for the 2015 Jeremy Corbyn leadership campaign. Well, we can't have anyone who had anything to do with that no. failing enterprise. No, no. What, what does he know about successfully doing it then? Um, <laughs> and at the time of his application, working as a legal support officer for Camden Council. Max Landsman is Jewish and currently a barrister at Field Court Chambers with specialisms including employment, family, housing, landlord and tenant and civil law. Landsman came from the left of the party and, as some of you may have guessed, is a son of John Landsman, the founder of Momentum. On March 2016, Creighton messaged Old No, going to offer the job to Sam Matthews, former organiser in Slough and then print coordinator at HQ. Well, he accepted a job. His first is major Slough task, the real red wall? It is now. His first major task in the job when he started in June was to organise a second round of trot hunting for the 2016 <laughs> leadership election. Now, Priorities uh, there. I'm always a bit concerned, even on the left, of family members of big left names getting jobs, but this does seem like a case where Max Landsman had a very specific skill set that would have been great for that particular job. You know? Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. Ele- as fit as you'll ever get. Um, a legally qualified mm. Jewish person to investigate this anti-Semitism stuff, you know. But the focus wasn't on anti-Semitism in 2016. At that point, no, that's you true. Know, it, was, it was there, but it was among other issues. But I guess he wasn't as qualified for hunting trots. No, definitely not. Not, no. Ironically, if you look at what his dad did in Momentum, that actually he could have been a really good yes. child. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look at results. Yeah. I'm not slagging <laughs> off Landsman for that, by the way. He had to fucking no. do that because, as these documents show, these fuckers wanted to prescribe momentum. They actually did. We're not being conspiratorial here. They actually wanted to just kick momentum out of the party. Yep. So I found the landlord bashing bit. <laughs> This is a couple of days after Jeremy Corbyn became elected leader. So Dan Hogan, who later became an investigations officer in GLU, commented that a Labour campaign for an EU referendum makes a change from Trident, rail renationalisation and landlord bashing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, bear in mind that Chris Leslie had been the Shadow Chancellor until three days prior to this. He also opposed John McDonnell calling for corporation tax to go up. And that's the quote we already did. This is when they shit themselves. Yeah. Oh, this is all kinds of good quotes in this bit. This is where they say Owen Smith is shit as well. But yeah, that's where they shit themselves over corporation tax. I love this from Catherine Bramwell, communications officer for the Southeast region. I hate the trots! I hate the trots! I hate them times a million! Mike Gapes' voice, obviously. <laughs> Mike Gapes vibe to that, isn't it? That's Extremely gay That's Gapecast. his internal monologue every time he's not otherwise occupied. <laughs> and claimed that the idea of rail nationalisation was not popular in South East England. All it looks like is trots doing what trots do, she says. Sorry. All it looks like is trots doing what 
trots do? I mean, I will say that, like, probably every single progressive policy is less popular in the southeast of England, where I live, than it is in other regions of the country. Not because yeah. I live there. I'm not swaying the vote myself with my right-wing views. I mean, just... You probably are, but that's oh, not maybe. the sole reason, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just can't stand all this Chris Leslie-style landlord bashing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what else there is to talk about as well is the culture of abuse towards left-wing figures, like specifically in the, the spite of it. So yeah. I've got a few examples here. So there's one from election night and the morning after, okay? So on election night when the counts are coming in, just before I think the well, early stages of the results coming in, they're getting excited at the prospect of Rhea Wolfson winning a seat in 2017, which she didn't quite do. Um, oh, yeah. It was a very good campaign in a seat that we thought we had no chance at the start of. Okay. Well, this bit is another example hmm. of these fuckers who profess to care so much about anti-Semitism yes. actively yes. trying to shut out left-wing Jewish voices. Yeah. So she at the time was on the NEC. I think she was one of two Jewish people on the NEC, both on the left. I think mm. it was basically just her and Landsman. Yeah, I think that was Landsman. true. They were excited about the fact that if she won her seat, she'd be off the NEC. The reaction to the saying Scottish friends at the count say she's doing well on samples. Brilliant. Gets her off the NEC. Eddie Izzard on. One highlight. Another highlight apparently then would be if Ellie Reeves wins as well, which unfortunately, she, well, not unfortunately, it's a Labour game, but... She's not the sort of candidate that mm. really is going to do anything progressive at all. And they then went on to just randomly kick off about Emily Thornberry, which is a oh, thing yeah. that comes up a lot during the 850 pages. The day after the election, senior staff continued to express their dismay. And this 10.45 in the morning, Tracy Allen, this is a beautiful quote. So Labour have done well. They haven't won the election, but they've done <laughs> better than anyone had been predicting until the days immediately before. They've won loads of seats. Conservatives have lost their majority at this point. Yeah. Okay? It's a big qualified success. Tracy Allen's response, we will have to suck this up. The people have spoken. Bastards. <laughs> Is this where either she or somebody else follows it up by saying of the election? It's basically the brass eye quote about how the paedophile got on the spaceship with the child. Um, <laughs> this is the very last thing we wanted to happen. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, this is the precise opposite of what we've been working towards. not a direct towards. quote like that. No, they're going over what seats they've lost because they're obviously trying to find a negative to focus on. And then Sarah Mulholland at half past one. Kensington, Chelsea. I've just woken up and confused by Twitter. Did we <laughs> gain it? And they're saying, right, count again at 6pm. You know, it's not sure yet. Oh my God, that Emma code is a grade one tool. Ah, fuck off. Code, yeah. not toads. Code, yeah. not toads. And Emma Dent Code responded to this last night, quoting my thread, going like, what the fuck? You know, basically, basically <laughs> in a slightly more professional way, fuck these people, this is what I've had to put up with. Still shocked by this, but it's quite funny as well, getting abuse from the office that's supposed to be supporting her. But then there's also some really juvenile shit in 2016 and 2017, again, from quite senior people. So... There's a lot of talk in 2017 about people's dress sense, talking about people's nipples being visible and stuff like that. Oh, what um, were they talking about? A young woman working in Corbyn's office. Someone who's got a lot of abuse as well. And they're saying, you'd think with all that money, she could afford to buy a jacket and a bra. You know, it's really juvenile <laughs> stuff. In March 2017... Someone in the leader's office comes up in conversation, some dispute over funding, okay? Yeah. And Emily Oldno then says, I got told today that after finding out about something, she was throwing things around the office. 
A response, haha, crazy woman. Oh yeah, they call this person a bitch-faced cow. Yeah, Patrick, All kinds Hen of Patrick stuff. Hennigan, who had to leave his following job after this at the people's vote, <laughs> har harassing women, uh, yeah, called her a bitch-faced cow. So yeah. he, he is someone who obviously has an extremely unhealthy attitude towards women. Julie Lawrence, who'd called her crazy as well, said her Fuck face would make a good dartboard. Oh my and God. Old No and others have called her Medusa and other phrases alluding to uh, the mythological character of Medusa. Wow. And then you go back a bit further, 2016. They call um, Milne Dracula as well. They got yeah. motherfucker confused rental. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I was just going to very briefly say I found the quote from Tracy Allen I was thinking of from when the exit mm -hmm. poll dropped. Opposite to what I had been working towards for these last couple of years. Two yes. exclamation marks, sad face emoji. That's Labour doing well is the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Labour's head office. Yeah, I do not think Tracy is talking there about Labour's result falling short of a majority. Yeah. Oh no, we came second, I wanted to come first. That's not what she means in that Totally, context. no. And um, it's all they're all just saying to each other, go out into HQ and pretend you're happy. Put on a brave face, guys. Beautiful <laughs> it's image. so funny. I mean, Someone said we had this beautiful image on the days after election night when we heard that someone in Conservative head office had thrown up with horror at it. And we're now finding out that it was like a similar reaction from fucking Labour's head These office guys just done well. Yeah, they like just shat their brains yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just returning to what I was talking to before about general abuse. Um, yeah. So the first person I talked about in the previous set of quotes that they were being abusive towards, Emily Oldno, again looked like one of the favourites to be the next general secretary until probably yesterday um, <laughs> has said about this person fuck off pube head yeah someone's chipped in saying there's too much disparaging talk about old folk i don't know if that's directly relating to that comment or yeah not. but they're saying it humorously they're not actually yeah. saying like oh hey hey uh let, let's uh it's that this is mike creighton isn't it who says yes, yeah. hey guys let's let he's not actually really saying this no, is out, out of yeah. order he's just saying like hey i'm a man of a certain age let's yeah. <laughs> kick steady on lads tracy allen's then asked who is pubehead and emily's been very clear who she's talking about it's disgraceful abuse and then a few months later she said that this same person has had the same clothes on two days in a row and called her a smelly cow and has then claimed she'd had once the same clothes on four days in a row at conference patrick probably slept in them disgusting Ugh. and then they've returned to the second person we were talking about just now the one they usually call medusa and Emily hey man said, wait can i just say like, wait when you go to labor conference are you supposed to change your clothes and like shower and stuff Fuck, man. Couldn't, couldn't be me. I did not realise that shit. I mean, usually I, I normally fall down at the going to Labour conference part of it in the first <laughs> place, to be fair. But Emily's then chipped in, gone back completely unprompted to the one they usually call Medusa and said, oh, she's actually fat too. Oh wow! Okay. Oh wow! She... <laughs> Did you uh, realize? Oh, by the way, it's just like this is yeah, the most smartest thought they've literally, had. Name is actually fat too. That's not been who they've been discussing, unless there's stuff from immediately before that. Oh, by the um, way, uh, she's fat. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Literally the Scott Steiner line, but not funny. Tom Hamilton was in at least one of these groups. Yeah, of course he, he was. Really, he doesn't really snake. come out. He's savvy enough not to be like abusive himself or anything, but it says a lot about his character and the circles he moves in. Yeah. Little bastard. Yeah, exactly. The failed advisor, Tom Hamilton. I like that one of them, uh, who is it, Greg Cook, said that Kate Hoey is better than Corbyn. 
Yes. Abbott. Okay, so sounds, you know, uh, right wing as you'd yeah. expect so far. Burnham. <laughs> Nandy. Lewis. I presume that means Clive Lewis. Okay, you so, understand yeah, yeah. why a right winger prefers Kate Hoey to Clive Lewis and mm. about 150 others. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's astonishing like, how much they hate people like Andy Burnham. And obviously Andy yeah. Burnham himself was like, oh finally got it confirmed and was really quite going for these people last night. Yeah, yeah, he was. Because he loves loves that shit because it's like, Mm. no, I'm not, I'm an outsider from a Westminster bobble with my northern ways. Like, I'm just there drinking a pie and eating a beer and, and they're all like, Andy, what is this salt of the earth shit that you're bringing into parliament? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, have you seen the football? (laughs) But I think, you expect when something major like this gets leaked, you expect people like from the campaign group and on the left and the people that have been attacked in the report to be like, what the fuck, this is terrible. There needs to be an Yeah. Issue. This needs to be looked and at. They have. Heads need campaign to group and they put have. out a statement today. Um, I've never seen the campaign group put yeah. out a statement on fucking shit before. There have actually <laughs> been quite a lot of people from what I guess you'd say the centre of the party. I don't mean centrists as in what journalists call the right of the party. I mean like people yeah. who are between the two camps to varying extents like Andy Burnham like with some fairly shitty caveats Alex Sobel and people like that um, being like yeah what, what the fuck's going on with this internet <laughs> I don't know who Joe Dwyer some guy, a mutual of mine on Twitter I can't remember he's been what... doing some good tweets the last couple of days he works out of a Sinn Féin MP's office apparently he uh, tweeted an extract from the report to me when I asked on Twitter just now I'd already control left it anyway but thank you Joe for the thought some random guy called Ivory Singh just replied to him oh my god this guy's Avi is an EU flag peeling back to reveal a swastika. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, that that is, to be fair, what the contents of, like, Madalena Kay's soul look like. But on the yeah. other hand, he says, and so this was just added to me because it was replying to a reply to me. I, I seen some of your tweets. If you hate the British so much and are so pro-IRA, then why you live in England? <laughs> just standard this is a kind of abuse that we have to put up Jesus. with all the time on the hard left why won't somebody crack down on this toxic culture i presume that was like a senior labor official's alt i almost said a specific name but that might have been really ill-advised there's so much to get into in these 850 pages i think we should wrap up soon just so that yeah. this is a concise episode we can always go back to the well, not it's not that concise no. already but we can always go back to the well and talk more there's just there's so much stuff about how right wing they are i love this one well, simon jackson said that yeah. ian duncan smith was shit but the mad thing is, he's better than most of our shadow cabinet, which was at that point Corbyn's first shadow cabinet, which contained which four left-wingers. Yeah. <laughs> they all hate Dawn Butler. There's this hilarious yeah. quote where Emily Oldno is incredulous of the idea that Harriet Harman benefits from white privilege. She says, Harriet, quote-unquote, white privilege, Harman. It's like, famous black mp harriet Harman, yeah uh, uh, right <laughs> like genuinely baffling yeah. so there's all this nasty misogynoir aimed at dawn butler aimed at diane abbott especially yes. yeah. uh, as some you know nasty jibes at clive lewis and mm. sadiq khan as we said and other bame politicians streak of casual racism running through quite a lot of it in varying ways to varying extents but there's definitely a trend there 
and you look at the era of Labour where these people were most at home when it was coming through in policy, it was coming from the front benches uh, mm. more, more, much more frequently than it does now. What I thought that maybe we should conclude on for today, because like I say, we can always go back to this stuff because I yeah. imagine you'll be combing through this with a, a fine comb for many, many oh, I, days I don't know, to I come. think I'm maybe fucking done with it because <laughs> like my evening yesterday fucking gone. Yeah, yeah, well, I bet there's shit in there that we haven't even oh, noticed, yeah. though. There's going to be so, some so good The volume shit. of it means there's going to be stuff you accidentally skim past because it's bookended by even more mad shit. You know? Yeah. What I wanted to talk about here, because we're going to wrap up, like, without even getting into, like, the conclusions of the piece or anything like of, of the yeah. uh, report or anything like that, because, like, as it would take another, like, hour and a half uh, yeah. <laughs> to even, like, come to clear conclusions about everything that this shows, but... What I think is just a remarkable bit to focus on, which again shows just how fucking right wing these people are, is the bit where they're mortally offended at a series of criticisms of Donald Trump. So th- no, this was uh, the famous yes, the, yeah, 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 the, the campaigner the against anti-Semitism guy. The campaigner against so apparently, right in 2019, half of all anti-Semitism-related complaints to the Labour Party came from one individual. It's this not. extract suggests it may be Labour against anti-Semitism, yeah, anti-Semitic, I mean... non-Jew. Yeah. Bullying, harasser. Yeah. So this guy, if you've seen him on Twitter, you know that A, he's viciously right wing. B, he is just generally a nasty individual and a bully and a troll. Anyway, See, that bull dickhead. The avatar he's ever had on Twitter makes him look like a cunt. Submitted a complaint with a document containing a series of screenshots from a member's Twitter account, as well as a few allegations of anti Semitism related retweets. He complained about the member retweeting the word Blairite. <laughs> so this one, it takes me back to 2016 when Blairite appeared on a list of prescribed words yeah. within the party. And one of my main observations skimming through this report has been it was an absolute fucking masterstroke for these people to get traitor made a prescribed word within the party. <laughs> Retweeting a cartoon of Theresa May, Philip Hammond and Boris Johnson, apparently mortally offended that bull dickhead. The latter two are children in it, based on a viral incident where the children of an expert being interviewed by the BBC wandered into shot during the interview. That bull dickhead maintained this was very crass. Now this bit is absolute jokes, because like, you know, so what would you say is the liberal consensus on quote unquote Russiagate? the sort of centre-left view on Russia's involvement in the election of Donald Trump. It's real and Putin's to blame for everything. Okay, well here's what that bald dickhead objected to. This member retweeted Michael Moore saying, arrest Trump regarding Russiagate. Now that makes me glad that Michael Moore has like wound that stupid bellicose liberal shit in a bit. Uh, it seems a bit less, ah, we're at war with Russia now. Mm. But that bald dickhead objected to this Michael Moore tweet that somebody had retweeted, which said arrest Trump regarding Russiagate for calling for the arrest of the president of the USA. 
So, <laughs> in America, you cannot be on the sensible centre unless you think that we are at war with Russia because they hacked the election and made Donald Trump. There yeah. are certain parts of the UK sensible centre who are so slavishly pro-American <laughs> that they literally think that you should be kicked out of the political party for calling for the arrest of the President of the United States. Yep. He also reported them for calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump, which I presume, given that there were impeachment proceedings against Trump, he tried to report a large swathe of American elected politicians to the Labour Party. That bald dickhead. Reported this individual for writing... What planet is this president on? In reference to Donald Trump, which he said were not words I would expect from a potential elected official of Labour. <laughs> he said that it was, again, inappropriate to criticise Melania Trump as money mad. Quite incredibly, he reported this person for calling the White House amateurs. <laughs> okay, and finally for retweeting an article on Bernie Sanders calling on Donald Trump to fire Steve Bannon. You've got to stick up for Steve Bannon, but that's when you know you're serious about fighting bigotry everywhere. Now, let's think about that bald dickhead. His view of the world and how it might fit with that of Steve Bannon. And yeah, I think it's pretty clear why yeah. he objected to that that's yeah. my last big contribution to this episode i and think if, if there's anything brief, you think is apposite then a, a then very go ahead brief follow up that ties in quite well with that we're talking of right-wing dangers on twitter that bald dickhead being a big one weird weird bald people that are creeps so as a friend of the show an absolute danger mentions pest facebook comments pest a, a guy goes <laughs> you guys all know him by the name of a falcon malteser um, he's very sort of on the very far right end of Labour on most respect and also very pro Harry's place, very, very, very hawkish. And he has known there was a long, long period where he would just pop up, like he'd basically camp out in the mentions of people like Abby Wilkinson, Ellie Mayo Hagen, mm. people like that. And just what about like, Venezuela, Ellie? What, what about what about Venezuela? What about Bolivia? Just a fucking nuisance of a man. He's a long history on forums. He's a bit of a creep. He's got some weird views about sexual consent and alcohol. Just like a nasty person. And basically, if if you're vocal on the left on Twitter, you've probably had him pop up in your mentions at some point and then block you really mm. quickly when you push back at him. Yeah, he's shook. He's yeah. always shook. He was tweeting about it and he was saying. Obviously, a lot of people were saying that, that document shouldn't have been released without redacting the names of at least the complainants. You can see that as a view. This guy's take was, oh, I, I don't think people should be sharing this round. I've just learned that someone close to me is in it. Now, as far as I can tell, unless he'd not got this far in the document, when he says someone very close to him, he <laughs> means I, Falcon Malteser, am in this. <laughs> because I was handed a notice of investigation in March 2018 for potential anti-Semitism. Yeah, um, it says unclear if AS or satirical criticism. Yeah. So, so is this going to be a case of, I, I uh, like, he was like, Jeremy Corbyn, like, just reads out the protocols of the elders of Zion. Yeah, from that limited context, I would guess, because he's done this before, lots of his pals do it, he's tweeted some anti-Semitism and book ended it one way or the other with said Ken Livingston or yeah. 
<laughs> is probably what momentum think you know yeah oh this is what jeremy will say just put that photo underneath it of aaron bastani with a cup of coffee yeah oh, they found it they, they found it, a, a video who thought of it and typed it and tweeted it he posted a video where he was yeah. just goose stepping around his street with full nazi regalia on saying extremely yeah. genocidal yeah. things Some but them... with a big disclaimer pinned on his forehead yeah. saying I'm Jeremy Corbyn. There's a lot of people in that corner of Twitter that do that sort of thing daily, the sort of ironic anti-Semitism. Ah, it's what they think, you know? Yeah. And they do it so often, it's not just, oh, that's a bit ill-advised, that's a bit on the nose. It's like, you like tweeting this material, you enjoy this too much for it to be like, oh, I'm actually sticking it to them and their horrible views. Yeah. Like, so you know, I think if I was constantly doing ironic racism, there'd come a point yeah. where people were like, "Why are you a white dude doing this so much?" You know, I think he's actually been pulled up on doing that, which is beautiful. Of course. Just finally, there has now been an official response by Keir Starmer and Angela Rayner, our new mm. leadership, who we haven't got around to doing an episode on yet. But you know, the that'll result... come up next. I think we'll have a few yeah. weeks then of sort of have they fucked it yet? Uh, or the... is it better than we thought? Response is basically as pathetic as you'd expect. It's all just it's kind of equivocal, both sides bullshit that promises to investigate who leaked the document. So you've got there from Rory McQueen, who used to work for McDonald. The real victims of the Watergate scandal were the hard-working Nixon operatives disgracefully mm-hmm. named in public by journalists with no respect for data privacy. Yeah. <laughs> They've basically done it as like a three-point investigation, haven't they? Point one, why was this document produced? Point two, let's look at the toxic culture it describes. Point three, why was this document leaked? Who leaked it? Okay, we well, got to get off the line because yeah. Hadley Freeman has written an article called The Karen Meme is Everywhere and has become mired in sexism where the picture is Jess Phillips. So I've got to get off the line before I express an opinion well, on here that. Here we go, here we go. Karen, Karen, <laughs> is, Karen is, if anything, the worst slur. The K slur. Mm-hmm. The K word. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. To all our friends and Karens everywhere, we love you. And thank you for bearing with us in this heated discussion. Yes. This heated podcasting moment. (laughs) Right, goodbye. Goodbye. You walk in so politely. Say, is this where it is? Somebody points to you.
suits with great lawyers and scholars. You discuss lepers and crooks. You've been through all of F. Scott Fitzgerald's books. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing. 